1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Payton Fendergast with you. We just got done talking to Texans GM Nick Casario. If you missed it, the entire interview, we went about 35 minutes with him or so. We'll be up on the podcast. You can get the Odyssey Rewind feature if you want to do it that way. Um, Seth asked him the question about the rumors that for the second straight year, rumors of Nick Casario possibly wanting to go back to New England. I can't imagine a more emphatic denial and really just taking aim at the people that started the rumors than we got from Nick Casario this morning. Here is Nick's response to that question.
3: This time of year, there's a lot of things that are said. And anybody that makes a jackass statement that they either know me or trust me, you can rely on this information, honestly, is totally off base. So I would say I am grateful for the opportunity that I have here. Um, Respectfully, I know there's a lot of reporters out there that think they have information, but this, this becomes silly season. It happens every year whether it's during the January-February cycle when you have coaching changes, whether it's around the draft. Um, those that really know me, um, know how I operate and what I'm about. And other than you know, 610 Sports Radio, I'm not really a big media person, um, but I keep it to myself and just try to show up, try to do my job, try to support the people that I'm with on a day-to-day basis and just focus on the things that I control and not worry about some off-handed statements that are made out of left field that, quite frankly, have zero validity. So, you know, I'm excited about the opportunity that I've been presented here in Houston. I'm excited about where our team is, understanding we have plenty of work that's in front of us. I've loved every second of the opportunity to work with D'Amico since he was hired, since he and I have been together, and to work with his coaching staff, and to work with our players, and to work with the people in our building. And I'm just going to focus on the things that I can control, which is doing the best I can for the Houston Texans organization for as long as ownership provides the opportunity for me. So, like, whoever these reporters are that make these, you know, ridiculous statements, you know, maybe you want to talk to me about it first before you put some information out
4: there that has actually zero basis.
2: There you go. I mean, ridiculous jackass statements and zero basis. (laughs) He checked uh, all the boxes.
4: Jason Lockenfora was the one that, like, most recently did it. And I I think – Back in the spring, there were anonymous executives or anonymous league people that were, like, at the end of the day, I think speculating about what they think Nick would do. Um, you know, I don't know. Jack Easterby is still out there, for instance, like a former executive. It, like, just as by way of example of, uh, you know, people who are out there, there are people out there who might have loose lips at various times to various reporters. Um, I, I just – I think this will be the end of it because – so much of it before was that there was a period where the Texans were pretty much like open game for pr- anything anybody wanted to throw at him, including, including, this is what you have to remember, the same people that would be speculating or giving anonymous quotes about Nick Casario leaving right now, many of them are likely the same people who were saying that the Texans weren't going to draft the quarterback at all. Remember remember when people were angry about the fact that the Texans weren't going to draft the quarterback? Because, uh, uh, and then they drafted a quarterback. Now, now those same people, uh, presumably I need to listen to them and their opinion about whether or not Nick's going to stick around. Right. It just, there's a lot of garbage that's thrown at the Texans. I think that there is one thing. I think both D'Amico and Nick are two guys who are very much what Nick just said, which is you just put your head down, you go to work. You don't worry about the sidling up to reporters and the political side of the game. Where there are many successful coaches and GMs who are those guys. Sean Payton is that guy. Bingo. Very successful coach, but also plays the game. I think Belichick back before he got a, a bully pulpit, you know, um, he played that game to a certain extent. It, Bill Parcells, like they, they all massaged and coaxed their message in the media. But then there are a lot of other coaches and GMs who just want to put their heads down and go to work. I think that that's well, the cool thing about D'Amico and, uh, and Nick is that I think that they're both those guys. I guess the only thing I worry about is it's almost like you feel like they're almost like innocent children that need to protect it and be protected in those instances because there are, there are Bad people out People there, out, man. out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're sending your kid off into times square with a, with a, a wallet full of cash, you know, uh, go play that three card Monty game over there. <laughs> right, right, Right. Right.
2: I, um, here's my thing with it, Seth. Is it, we know the the one quote that Jason Lockham had from this last rumor thing, and I, it, it, look, it almost feels dirty or silly to be paying any attention to it again. But Nick just gave us this answer on this show, so I think it's worth kind of sifting through it. You know, there's there's no harm in it now. Like Nick Casario just came on and said that those rumors are are silly, and they're stupid, they're ridiculous was the word he used. Um, my whole thing is when you when your only quote is you talk to a GM who said he would go back there, trust me, and that's all you use. My question would have to be what I would want to know, especially in light of the fact that Nick is now the GM of a team that has one of the best quarterbacks in the league, a rising young head coach, all the resources he needs to do his job, not to mention oodles of cap space. My question would be, okay, why? Why would he go back to New England? (laughs) That's what I need to – you're basing a report on just some guy saying, trust me, he'd go back. I don't I don't give any substance
4: to a report like that unless it tells me a
2: reason why you would leave a situation like this one.
4: <laughs> Honestly, what, no, and think about okay, think about Nick Casario or really, realistically, anybody that's been in the NFL any length of time is so much of your job and what you do hinges completely and totally on whether or not you have a good quarterback. Yes. You know, look at Chris Ballard up in Indy. Chris Ballard is largely regarded as one of the brighter and better GMs in the NFL, and yet it feels like he's reached a point where his job might be hanging in the balance every single season because they haven't found the right quarterback. And sometimes, no matter how smart you are as a GM, it just comes down to dumb luck and where all where all the cards fall in in that situation. And I think that, like, Nick, you know, without – and I don't want to try to make it sound like it was all Brady up in New England or anything, but you understand and appreciate, okay, with any other, any other number of quarterbacks back in 2001, 2002, it could have gone completely a different direction if you didn't have that right guy in that right moment. So I don't think there's a chance in hell that any sane or conscious GM would right now choose to leave C.J. Stroud. Like unless there unless there are personal reasons, behind. personal reasons so is the only it, thing, yeah. right? Right. There's no chance in hell that that you would leave after you as a GM drafted this quarterback. That you there's no professional reason you would want to leave this situation. I just I uh, like it would have to be extreme. It would have to be extreme.
2: Yeah, I mean you uh, you've created you know as a GM and Nick and and as Nick would point out in collaboration with many other people have created. I think a foundation when you take into account quarterback, young players, head coach, staff, the whole thing, potential assets for the future because this quarterback still has two years left before you're even entertaining extension conversations about him. I'm anxious to see the articles that start to come out once the season is over, Seth, that talks about the 32 teams and ranks them in terms of how positioned they are moving forward. Not not power ranking how good they were in 2023 or how good yeah. they're going to be in 2024, but how good they're going to be in 2027, that kind of well, thing. Because this, this, I think you can make an, argu- an argument this organization is best positioned to be Kind of like the Astros when they were on the cover of Sports Illustrated in 2014 saying we're going to be 2017 World Series champs. I think similarly in 2024, you could do a Sports Illustrated cover with C.J. Stroud on it saying the same thing about 2026 or 2027.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.
1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
4: They have, um, the cap space is extreme. They have a whole bunch of cap space when you look at 2025 and beyond. And, you know, that'll change as you you re-sign guys and everything. But I think you're... It's not going to be uncomfortable for them after they sign CJ Stroud's contract, uh, initially, as long as everything goes well over the next three years. The other part that I, that I asked him, and I, I didn't want to get like, I, I knew he wouldn't tell me, you know, where they had the power ranking of Bryce Young versus CJ Stroud. But the one thing I get a little bit annoyed about with the reporting right now, is where people kind of casually assume that the Texans would have drafted Bryce Young number 1 overall if they'd had the number 1 overall pick. They act like Indy did them this huge favor or Lovie Smith did them this huge favor. Just to remind everybody of the timeline, <clears throat> the the trade Carolina traded up on March 10th. The pro day, CJ Stroud's pro day wasn't until March 22nd. So like there's no part of me that thinks that the Texans or the Panthers on March 10th, knew exactly who they were going to take at quarterback, number one overall. If so, then why even bother going to the pro days? Uh, why Why would Carolina send 29 people or however many it was to those pro days? Well, like the the evaluation process is still very much ongoing at that point. Because we
2: know one of the discussions was the Texans moving up from two to one, yeah. and Carolina moving up from nine to two. Carolina was content. To move up to two. Remember the Texans pulled out of yeah. that scenario at yeah. the last second. So the, Carolina was content to move up to two. So it, that, they, I mean, what? they, so they, they definitely didn't know who they were taking at that point. Cause they didn't know who they right, could right, take it yeah. to. You know what I mean? That
4: was, yeah, they were okay with taking two. They were okay two. with just, being they, at they, two. They, they wanted, wanted to win. have a chance at a crack at whoever it would whoever be. Whoever was yeah. left
2: over. Yeah. Yeah. They would have been fine with either of the two guys. Um, so good stuff from, uh, from Nick Casario earlier today. Uh, you can get that interview on a, on the podcast or on the rewind feature uh, on the um, on the Odyssey app.
4: Um, one, uh, the, regarding the national championship game last night, I told you I was uh, I was upset because Nick Siri was at the national championship game. Yeah, scouting people or just trying to get to his car or whatever it might be. Uh, the one thing about the coverage this morning that annoyed me was I just wanted to I wanted to find some you know tidbits out about the game itself. And I read through four pretty long articles, and I would say like twenty percent or less was about the actual football game. The vast majority of it was about uh, Jim Harbaugh, where he's going next, the actual scandal, all of that. Yep. And it did make me like the whole time I'm reading, it, I'm trying to figure out: Would you have preferred? Would you have preferred it if news of the sign stealing scandal had broken before the playoffs that year? Would it have been better if it had just broken in September? You're saying, uh, oh, you're saying for the, the, Astros, sorry, the, Astros. the Astros? Sorry the Astros. with the Astros. Yeah, um, with the Astros, it, and then the Astros ended up winning a World no,
2: Series. No, no, I don't think so. It wouldn't have been good. I think it would have torpedoed their their run. That was a young team still at that time. I think that might have been something that really messed with them,
4: like psychologically. Yeah, just blew yeah, them apart yeah. That enough. would have been okay. a really
2: that would have been a pretty pretty big matzo ball sitting out there in the postseason. It, it,
4: yeah, the worst would have been if it had came out. Well, it wouldn't have come out. I mean, it would have necessarily come out after the memo, I guess. Uh, the the timeline would have been a little different. But I guess there's just – in general, I wonder it, – it's been weird with Michigan because I feel in a way, because it's not going to be some surprise or bombshell that comes out afterwards, I think they're going to get off cleaner long-term. Yeah. Than the Astros did no, because I, they because there will not there won't be these there's so many people out there that haven't really read that much about the Astros uh, sign stealing that that think and assume that they were doing it all the way up through 2019 you know yeah. uh, like that's. That's the part that annoys me. I almost wish it would, it would have been better in the long term if it had been blown out of the water right like at the beginning of the playoffs. Yeah, there's no
2: you can't tell the difference. Like if you didn't know there was a sign stealing scandal or didn't know the timeline of it coming out, and all you did was sit down and watch Michigan football all year. Yeah, and then somebody told you afterwards, like you know you know those first five games they were actually stealing signs from the other team. I'd be like, really? Yeah.
4: Okay. You said, oh, God, they, they, they just stopped at yeah. you know? yeah. all? Yeah. They just your stopped. Your first, your first, without learning the details, you think like, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, and then they won these other, and then they won a bunch of really hard games with their head coach sitting at home because he was suspended for it. You know, like, a, <laughs> yeah. like Sharon Moore was the, was the head coach for it. So it was wild. All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a, uh, on a Tuesday. Again, uh, big thanks to Nick Casario for, um, for joining us a little bit earlier, All right, Let's um, let's circle back to the um, let's circle back to the playoffs here, and not just the Texans, but the other games. What what are the other of the other five games? If you're a Texans fan, which one or two are you going most out of your way to check out this weekend? We will go through the uh, we'll go through the schedule next.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news.